0: hello everyone you're listening to slapdash the podcast about history art science and everything else we're your hosts shannon deaton and jason creekmore welcome to the show On today's episode, we're discussing the top 20 90s television shows as voted by Slapdash listeners. I'm Shannon Deaton, and across the table is a man who starred in the award-winning 90s television drama, Jason and the 400-pound potato. Jason Creekmore. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Do you know why it was
1: a 400-pound potato? I don't. No. Because I could not get a 500-pound potato. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> That's why it was award-winning right there. <laughs> I figure by the time you were done with it, it would be like the 200-pound potato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we put a poll out, as we tend to do from time to time. And if you're a new listener to the podcast, Jason Creekmore loves polls. I do it i I love him him. he's a fan of top 10 lists top
1: 20 lists i could just take them all the time i I basically just walk around creating those lists in
0: my head all the time yeah just all the time. He's just walking through the Dollar General store. Man, top 20 sodas, top 20 nail polish removers. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but this particular poll is over the top 20 90s television shows. And being a, a kid from the 90s, man, I love these shows. These are what I grew up on. And it's. I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of listen to some of those older theme music songs that are really ingrained in our heads. I reference a lot of these all the time just when i'm just kind of sitting around i'll start thinking especially about uh, the fresh prince you know that that's one that sticks out that i think a lot of people know and recognize oh, yeah. right away it's an awesome show uh, and we'll get to that one here in just a little bit but let's go ahead and begin with number 20
2: number 20 roseanne
0: Roseanne is an American sitcom television series starring Roseanne Barr and revolving around the fictional Connor family. The show aired on ABC from October 1988 to May 1997 and again from March 27th to May 22nd in 2018. The show was praised for its depiction of a blue-collar American family with both parents working outside the home. The show was originally titled Life and Stuff, which I found interesting, and the show jump-started the trend of giving comedians their own sitcoms. So this is kind of what got everything started. Mm -hmm. So I didn't watch a whole lot of Roseanne growing up or really whenever... Went into syndication. I didn't see a whole lot of that. One thing that I, I do remember is that the actor who I think played the boyfriend uh, of the daughter went on to be the guy from The Big Bang Theory uh, that played Leonard. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and, and then I think the girl herself actually went on as well to be. She was on The Big, Big Bang, Bang theory. theory for a while. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Did you watch Roseanne? Very much.
1: Not a lot, honestly. No, uh, I never really got into that. I mean, the few episodes I did, I did watch. I thought it was okay, but yeah. it just
0: Really wasn't my, you know, uh, cup of tea. Right. I, I like that it had John Goodman in it. I, I do like John. I think Goodman. He's a cool. He uh, was a cool actor. He was good for that role. Um, you know, another interesting role he was in. He was Fred Flintstone. And every time I see him, that's all I can think about in the Fred
2: Flintstone. Role. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty good. Number 19, Third Rock from the Sun.
1: Third Rock from the Sun debuted in 1996 and ran through 2001 on NBC. The show featured John Lithgow, Kristen Johnson, French Stewart, Jane Curtin, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The show is about four aliens who pose as a human family to observe humans. And, of course, the alien family doesn't always understand certain human cultures and then... Comedy ensues, Shannon. It just kind of goes That's goes off the rails from there, right? Uh, one interesting fact about Third Rock from the Sun is that John Lithgow's son starred in 48 of the episodes as a secondary character named Leon. Oh, I didn't he wasn't that was part. His he son. wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't part of the family, huh. but he was like a, one of the students at one of his, you know, the son's school. Okay, right. Sort of a classmate, but that was actually his son, like his actual real life son. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and in, you know, anytime I think of John Lithgow, I always think of a Harry and the Hendersons, right? Oh, I love yeah, that. You know,
0: yeah. Television gold, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. But Third Rock, uh, pretty good show. Yeah, I, I watched it quite a bit. Um, I think, if I remember right, whenever they came down the the aliens and they <laughs> became the humans, didn't the male figure become the girl and the female <laughs> yeah, become the like guy? That seems like that's right. That yeah. was kind of the mix up there. And yeah. That was, like you said, comedy ensued. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Number 18, Charmed. Charmed is an American supernatural fantasy drama television series, so this is one of those that gets all of the adjectives. (laughs) It's fantasy, it's supernatural, it's drama. It was originally broadcast on the WB for eight seasons from October 1998 until may 2006 the series follows a trio of sisters known as the charmed ones the most powerful good witches of all time who use their combined power of three to protect innocent lives from evil beings such as demons and warlocks charmed was the first primetime television show about a coven of witches (laughs) which doesn't surprise me there has to be a first (laughs) somebody has to get their toes wet in that type of show Following the broadcast of the Season 8 episode, in January 2006, Charm became the longest-running hour-long series with an all-female leading cast. So this opened a lot of doors. For future sure. television series of that nature. In 2012, Charmed was found to be the second most binge-watched television show on subscription video-on-demand services such as Netflix. That kind of surprises me a little bit that a lot of folks just kind of binge-watch uh, Charmed. I know here lately folks have been binge-watching Tiger King. Right. So that's <laughs> yeah. probably that's, number that's one. It's pretty
1: popular right now. Yeah. yeah. I remember when Charmed came out, I never really watched it uh, live. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, while, while it was going on. Uh, but uh, I did go back and watch it, like, you know, the, the multiple seasons there. I guess after it concluded, uh, I did Lost the same way. Oh, like, yeah. The television Waited show. until lost. it was over. Yeah. And so, uh, but Charmed, I thought was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really over the top. And I mean, there's just a lot of, like, you know, things just sort of like that gets uh, stuck in space and there's right. time travel traveling and there's all kinds of creatures and there's yeah. you know you just have to sort of suspend reality for a little while but it's pretty cool
2: number 17 frazier
1: frazier was an nbc comedy that ran for 11 seasons from 1993 uh, through 2004 starring kelsey Grammer as Frasier crane who was a radio uh, psychiatrist the show pretty much deals with Fraser's struggle between being a very intellectual while also having a very practical down-to-earth working class mentality that he gets from his father. Along with his brother, Niles, uh, the show features a ton of intelligent but hysterical dialogue between Frasier and his family and coworkers. Shannon, were you ever like a, a Frasier fan when this was? Uh... I watched
0: this sometimes. I think I caught it later on in life whenever it was already in the reruns. Yeah. I just remember thinking that Niles really looks so much like Kelsey Grammer. Like, yeah. he could honestly have been his brother. They really could have passed for brothers, right? Yeah. I thought the same
1: thing. And, you know, this show really, uh, I guess, features a very sort of dry sense of humor. Yeah. And, and really, it reminds me of, of, of the Big Bang Theory a little bit oh, in terms of that. some of the conversations uh, that occurred and some of the humor. Uh, obviously, not a like a exact clone of that by no means but sort of similar i think in some of the some of the approaches they took to the comedy uh an interesting fact about fraser the character fraser crane actually first appeared on the show cheers but eventually kelsey Grammer got his own spinoff i knew that and i'd forgotten yeah and that's pretty cool and his name on cheers was fraser crane i mean it was the exact same character and that's so he cool. he first really debuted on cheers and then later got his his own gig on fraser and he was a radio psychiatrist
0: so they say so uh early podcaster <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> we, <laughs> we'll go with that yeah, that's true. what we do yeah. sounds good
2: number 16 the x-files The
0: X-Files is an American science fiction drama television series created by Chris Carter. The show aired from September 1993 to May 2002 on Fox. The series revolves around FBI special agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, who investigate X-Files, which are marginalized, unsolved cases involving paranormal phenomena. The X-Files was inspired by other television series which featured elements of suspense and speculative fiction, including one we talked about just a couple of weeks ago, The Twilight Zone, also Night Gallery, and Tales from the Dark Side. I think there's a few other episodes that we could do over some of those because those are really interesting yeah. shows as well. But X-Files certainly is interesting in its own right. And it did a whole lot in terms of advancing science fiction on television. And it also kind of flipped the gender stereotypes a little bit. Fox Mulder. He, he was really bought into that, you know, there's some kind of supernatural oh, yeah. explanation for all this stuff. Whereas Dana Scully was a little bit more of the uh, skeptic. Right. And she was one who tried to disprove. And that was sort of her role, I think, uh, in, in the show. But in flipping the dynamic there, ordinarily it would have been in the reverse. Uh, I, I think it was a, a really interesting show. And actually by the end of the series, the show was the longest running science fiction series in U.S. television history. So, go figure. I really liked X-Files. <clears throat> I watched several episodes
1: growing up. I mean, maybe all of them, to be honest. And then I remember, you know, years later, there was an X-Files movie. Yep. If, if you recall that, that came out sort of years after the the, the uh, television show right. was over. But uh, X-Files, I thought, was really cool and really different. It also kind of scared me. Yeah, <laughs> I was younger. There were a couple episodes, that yeah, that were genuinely scary. Yeah, yeah. they
2: were. Number 15, Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Buffy the Vampire Slayer debuted on the WB in 1997 and ran through 2003. The main actress was Sarah Michelle Gellar, who, of course, played Buffy Summers. As far as the premise of the show, Buffy discovers that she is part of a long line of vampire slayers, and that it's up to her to save the world from a vampire that is determined to take over the world. And all of this plays out in a lovely little community called Sunnydale, yeah. which always cracks me all up. A little
0: juxtaposition Yeah.
1: Uh, The show also has several other main characters, but one of the most important is a character named Rupert Giles, who is the school's librarian, but most importantly serves as Buffy's watcher. And, of course, watchers are the uh, folks who train and guide Slayers. And I always thought it was really interesting because it's Sunnydale, it's so American. And then you have this British librarian that just sort of appears. <laughs> He's <laughs> at, part of it, man. At this school, right. Yeah. So I thought, I always, always just really liked his character. Anyway, uh, one interesting fact about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I was doing a little bit of research for this, was that in every episode, virtually every episode, if you remember, that there's always a scene or two in the library. Where like the whole crew, they're all together, right? Yeah. And they're, you know, Giles is there and all the kids and they're talking about like, you know, who's the monster of the week and, (laughs) you know, how are we going to kill this one and and what are we going to do? But it turns out in real life that the characters and the crew, uh, they all hated that scene. Really? Like for like for years, quite literally years, they always dread the the scene that's shot in the library around the table. They just didn't really necessarily enjoy. I think maybe sort of the camera angles, how they had to go about it. It seemed very just sort of like checklisty type thing. Where yeah. okay, we have to let the the viewer know kind of what's up, you know, right. in, in our plan. And uh, they they all of them. Hated that part of the show And so they were uh, All very very tickled According to some Of the history Of of the show I was reading When in episode three the, the, uh, The library gets demolished you know, it, it catches fire and it gets blown up. and That's it for the library so, scenes. It's for the library scenes, then but they move yeah.
0: on to the, the rubble scenes. Yeah, whatever it is. I'm sure the same thing's got to happen. They're just standing around in the smoldering ashes yeah, yeah. of the <laughs> library. But well, we still have to do these guys. <laughs> it's in the same spot, it's just going to be on fire that's now. That's
1: right. The viewers have to know the background of the monster that we're going to vanquish this week. That's
0: right. right? Reminds me of Scooby Doo at the end of the episodes when they have their standing around scene it's the and same they unmask the villain. If it wasn't for Giles, the library. <laughs>
2: Number 14, E.R.
0: er is an american medical drama television series created by novelist and medical doctor michael Crichton, and aired on nbc from september 1994 to april 2009 with a total of 331 episodes spanning 15 seasons i don't care who you are man that's that's a legacy
2: right a lot of shows
0: 15 years i mean come on er follows the inner life of the emergency room of fictional county general hospital in chicago illinois and various critical issues faced by the rooms physicians and staff there's been a lot of shows that have attempted to imitate this over the years one that comes to mind is one my li- uh, wife absolutely loves Grayson Adam. oh yeah she's a big time fan she's seen all of the seasons it's always been on in the background For the last few years, I I can remember uh, sitting around and working, you know, reading a book or uh, working on a project or something, and here's Grey's Anatomy in the background and somebody's flatlining. (laughs) It's just always. Yeah. yeah. There's always that moment where I just kind of put the book down and stare (laughs) at the TV. Uh, But ER kind of generated that same vibe and got a lot of that rolling. The show is the second longest running primetime medical drama in American television history behind Grey's Anatomy. And if you might recall, George Clooney was in the show in the show george clooney portrays dr doug ross and the executive producer of the show john wells said that george clooney begged for an audition to be on the show he was really into it Hmm. he really wanted to make an appearance on er that's cool
2: number 13 the simpsons the simpsons debuted in
1: 1989 on fox and i think shannon if i'm I think it's still going on, right? Sure is. Yeah, okay. it's still around. Yeah, so The Simpsons is the longest-running American sitcom and scripted primetime television series, both in seasons and number of episodes. Of course, the, the, uh, the show features uh, Homer and Marge Simpson and their three lovely children, Bart, Lisa, and and Maggie the family lives in the fictional town of Springfield and the entire show is just about the lunacy and oftentimes slapstick comedy among the family members and the host of secondary characters on the show as they go about their daily lives at work or taking care of children or at school and just you know they just get into all kinds of mischief right while The Simpsons debuted in 1989 they actually first appeared in 1987 as a short on the Tracy Ullman show Okay. Have you ever heard of the Tracy Ullman show? I've heard of it. I'm not sure if I know what that is. I think I watched it maybe a couple times when I was a kid. Is it like a variety show, or sort of. Talk yeah, show or? it's a little bit. It's kind of like a variety show okay. almost. Yeah, she's obviously the 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 main actress of the show. But yeah, it's it's a little bit different. But I kind of vaguely remember the Simpsons uh, uh, being on there. Uh, the creator of the show, Matt Groening chose to color the characters, this unusual shade of yellow. So if someone was flipping through the channels, it would stand out. Oh, okay. So that's the reason of that really kind of odd yellow color of
0: all the characters. I didn't know there was any intentionality there. I thought it was just... Hey, yeah, these, these cats yep. are yellow that's how it is
1: uh and of course you know it, uh, it came out 1989 but really the 1990s was sort of the heyday of the simpsons yeah. right and so that was like when i was uh in middle school and right. so it was always you know bart simpson this and butterfinger and
0: and <laughs> he was the butterfinger mascot and, man. don't yeah. lay a finger on my Butterfinger.
1: oh shirt. that's right and then of course you know you have homer with the the uh the donuts and yeah. they were, i just remember just you know the market was flooded with these t-shirts and and the simpson lunch boxes and simpson and cartoons and Simpson commercials and just sort of all things Simpson. So when I think of the nineties, that's one of
0: the first definitely TV shows I think of is Are the Simpsons. You know how uh, Homer Simpson's always saying "dope." Oh, oh yeah, that's his yeah. thing. Dope, dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video the other day that they must knew we were getting ready to do this episode <laughs> because it <laughs> popped up with uh, something from the Simps- uh, Simpsons. I think it was Yardley Smith who does the voice for uh, Lisa oh, okay. in, in the show, and she was talking about that famous "dope." From from Homer, right? In the script, it never says "dough." That's uh, that's just what the voice actor came up with, but in the script, it says something like uh, "aggressive disappointment" or something like that. Like that's just <laughs> so that's their representation, <laughs> that's their representation of representation. aggressive disappointment. Yes, and uh, according to Yardley Smith, it never actually appears in the script as "dough." That was just something that came about huh. naturally. So, <laughs> wow. kind of kind of weird, yeah
2: number 12 Making you cheers win the world today takes everything you've got taking a break from all your worries
0: Cheers is an American sitcom television series that ran on NBC from September 1982 to May 1993 with a total of 275 half-hour episodes across 11 seasons. And as you mentioned, Jason, this is where Frasier comes from. Absolutely. The show is set in a bar named Cheers in Boston, Massachusetts, where a group of locals meet to drink, relax, and socialize. Cheers was nearly canceled In its first season because it nearly ranked dead last in ratings for its premiere, which would have been unfortunate because it went on to actually be a pretty good show. Cheers eventually became a highly rated television show, earning a top 10 rating during eight of its 11 seasons. That's pretty impressive. Hmm. Yeah. Sam Malone, the character portrayed by Ted Danson, was originally going to be a retired football player, but the role was changed to a baseball player because of Ted Danson's body type. Man, I love Ted Danson. Oh, he, yeah. He's, he's recently, a good actor, yeah. Yeah, he's recently been in the uh, the Hulu original series, The Good Place. Have you heard of that? Uh, I have, but I haven't watched it, though. Fantastic show. Prior to that, I knew Ted Danson from Cheers, and then I also knew him from Three Men and a Baby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That was uh, an iconic show from my childhood. Yeah. yeah, so pretty cool show, and it's the place where everybody knows your name.
2: <laughs> Number 11, Family Matters. It's a rare condition, this day and age, to read a
1: good news. Family Matters was an ABC sitcom that ran from 1989 through 1997. And the comedy revolved around the Winslow family, an all-American family living in Chicago. The show has some interesting characters, but uh, Shannon obviously, right, the biggest star who shines brighter than anyone on Family Matters. <laughs> I think he did do that, <laughs> is Steve Urkel, oh, uh, played by Jalil White. So, I mean, who hasn't heard of Steve Urkel, right? Yeah, he's, he's famous. Uh, he's so big deal. have you seen the, the few episodes where Steve Urkel would drink some, like, magic elixir? Yeah, I think and, that happened later on, and he became
0: Stefan right? Yeah, or he, something else. Yeah,
1: yeah he became <laughs> Stefan Urkel. Urkel, yeah. <laughs> That's, right.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Dude.
1: Yeah, and so he had his famous, you know, didn't I do that? And, you know, <laughs> inevitably he would blow the TV up or destroy a table or something in every episode. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, the entire nation knew what's you know they, they know what's coming, right? Yeah, sure. And they still just crack up. It's still the best. It's just, it's really, it's really interesting. And here's the cool thing about that is that Urkel... Was only supposed to be in one episode. Oh, say it's not so that he is not in the first. I think two or three episodes. That's true. He he's not even really. Is he even in the first season of the show? I'm not sure. I think somewhere. I think in the first season he 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 comes in. Yeah, but it's a little bit later. Yeah, Uh, that part was just written really for like one episode, and people loved it. They absolutely loved him, and so they had no choice but to bring him back. And then you know soon thereafter, Urkel went from. Being just you know this character that was only going to appear one time to literally being the star of he the was entire the show, yeah. And apparently there was a, a you know some some controversy among some of the uh, cast members because of that. I can see because that. they were like you know okay this this is what we're going to do, and then all of a sudden we're a few months in, and here comes this one guy, this one kind of goofy kid who's just going to make an appearance, and then months
0: that's the show.
1: Months later, everything's revolving around him. It's and Urkel matters. It's, that's for that. Urkel does matter. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly right. And uh, another interesting thing is that in the the uh, the fourth season, the uh, Winslows' <clears throat> youngest daughter Judy. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about I, here. I think I know where you're going. She she walked. There's a scene where she walks up the steps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then there's also a season five. Judy's never mentioned again. She never comes back. It's it's like Judy <laughs> walked up those steps, and I don't know what was the top of those steps but it took judy <laughs> it and, took it all, <laughs> and it also and it also erased all of judy's family members oh, minds no. because judy just like ceased to exist Sounds like Stranger Things. Yeah, maybe. Winslow edition. But I loved Family Matters. Man, I, I would go to my grandparents' house and, and sit down like on Friday nights. Yeah. And uh, I've talked about my grandma before. She would make this big thing of, of peanut butter candy, right? Uh-huh. And we would sit down, and, and that was one of the, the three or four sort of back-to-back
0: shows we would watch. Man, your I just grandma it. sounds like my grandma. Peanut butter yeah, candy. Peanut butter candy. It's too good. Yeah. And and Jaleel White in that role, I mean... Oh my goodness. Could he do anything else after that? I mean, no. He would come in in the suspenders. He's got the. Long socks with the rolled up <laughs> jeans and he's it's just kind of really weird him. posture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wonderful because he created such an iconic character, but it's also kind of sad because I really don't think he was able no. to do a whole lot no. after that.
1: He was so good at it that
0: it was just like
1: that's all he was. I mean, it's almost like you couldn't separate those to like the real person from Urkel. Yeah. And uh and obviously he went on to star in a few other things, but he never really blew up any, you know, at any other point. I think he was just sort of pigeonholed into that character because he was just so good at it
0: yeah you know? i remember seeing stefan and thinking oh that's who he is in real life yeah like, <laughs> you know he's, he's not steve urkel and then my childhood was shattered
2: <laughs> it was over <laughs> number 10 seinfeld
0: Seinfeld is an American sitcom television series created by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld for NBC. The show ran from July 1989 to May 1998, and Seinfeld cracks the top ten here as number ten, but I'm also really surprised that it's not higher up on this list. I know it's been recognized many times over as one of the most successful television shows in the history of television shows, Jason, I thought this one had a chance at number one. Oh, yeah. This one really shocked me. That I mean, I would
1: have bet the farm that it would have been top five. I mean, would have not even worried about
0: it. I didn't think it was going to be close. I I thought it would be top five, probably top three. And maybe one. Maybe even number one. So the fact that it comes in number 10, that kind of shocked. me. Kind of shocked me a little bit. I loved it. Yeah. The show stars Seinfeld as, an, as a fictionalized version of himself and mostly focuses on his personal life with a handful of friends and acquaintances, including best friend George, friend and former girlfriend Elaine, and neighbor across the hall, Kramer. <laughs> the show is often described as being a show about nothing <laughs> because many of its episodes are about the minutia of daily life. I'd say that about sums it up. It's just kind of, yeah. this, this is what happened today, so let's... Spend about 30 minutes on that concept.
1: Always like a George Costanza's big line, you know, serenity now. You know, (laughs) always
0: like that. The show led the Nielsen ratings in season six and nine and finished among the top two every year from 1994 to 1998. Only two other shows have finished their runs at the top of the ratings. And those shows were I Love Lucy and can you guess it's an older black and white show father and son andy griffith that's exactly okay, right yeah. the andy griffith show yeah. so seinfeld ranks among some of the greats it's widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential sitcoms of all time in 2013 the writers guild of america voted the show number two best written series of all time second to the sopranos hmm. so that's yeah. pretty interesting i've just sort of recently gotten
1: into the sopranos i'm always late Like on Lost and all these shows, it's better
0: to be though in in a way because at that point you don't have to wait. That's right. So you can binge everything. Just next episode, right? I unfortunately watched Lost as it was airing the last season. I don't know
1: how. Were you on some kind of like nerve medication? Because I, you know, Mindy and I talked about that, and I thought if I if I would have had to have waited from one week to the next to get you know to kind of you know fit the pieces together and find out what's that cliffhanger about or whatever it was so aggravating
0: drive me nuts oh man thankfully we only had to do it for for the last season i think we got into the show when it was on its second to last season and it took us that long to get caught up my wife and i and then we were about on time to catch the very last season but it was so frustrating i mean i think there was one episode where even the main character um which was it the the doctor i can't remember it's been so many years since uh, I've jack
2: seen it. jack i think know, jack's his
0: name yeah so so jack is like diving at the screen with his fist up getting ready to punch john locke right. in the face and then it cuts away and that's the end and we'll see you next week friends man it just left you <laughs> so frustrated that show uh but seinfeld on the other hand always came to a timely end and conclusion. So (laughs) better in that way. Serenity now.
2: (laughs) Number nine, the King of Queens. I'm
0: I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensburg bridge tonight, but I don't care.
1: The King of Queens aired on CBS from 1998 through 2007. And the show starred Kevin James and Leah Rimini as a working class couple who live in Queens, New York. Doug works for the fictional IPS, which pretty much pretty much UPS, right? I mean he certainly right. looks the part. And Carrie works as a secretary in Manhattan. The show has a very honeymooners like feel with Jackie Gleason the sure, old show yeah. there where again the show is is a lot to do about nothing. It's just sort of the mundane day to day type of life and activities and decisions that have to be made about what's for dinner and uh, you know is this couple coming over to eat dinner with us and just all those conversations. That's basically what the
0: show and the father is about living in the basement
1: and the and the father in law yeah is is actually played by uh, Jerry Stiller. Which yeah. is Ben Stiller's, ben Stiller's dad. father. And so, yeah. And he just passed away recently. I think so, yeah. Great actor. Uh, great actor and a really good part, uh, a really good role uh, perfect. In, in this particular series. Uh, the studio did not want Doug and Carrie, who were the actors and actresses' names in this, they did not want them to have kids in the show. Uh, that they thought that people would use uh, children as a marker to divide the history of the show from like pre-children to post-children. And they thought that it might even hurt in syndication later on, like when the show was was over. So, uh, But during the series finale, Doug and Carrie, uh, they get to fly to China to adopt a little girl. And then during that process, they find out that Carrie is pregnant and that's oh, okay. sort of the very kind of toward the very last part of the show but so
0: they have kids they just can't have it while the jokes are running they
1: just can't have all the jokes are running yeah and so uh, i thought that was interesting i guess from the, the studio perspective that they didn't want them to i guess just uh interject the children into the uh the storyline there family matters on the other
0: hand just lets children disappear they just the walk up. up the ste- they, they just they walk- care less
1: <laughs> just <laughs> just walk up those steps judy <laughs> That's something else. But uh, did you ever watch the, the the King of Queens? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's pre- hilarious. Man. It's pretty good. It is. I mean, it's just because some of the stuff that happens happens to me every day, and I think it <laughs> happens to everybody every day, right? Some right. of the situations and some of the things that you're trying to debate on. You know, should I get engaged in this, or should I not, or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's it's very well done.
2: Number eight. Everybody loves Raymond.
0: Everybody Loves Raymond is an American sitcom television series created by Philip Rosenthal that aired on CBS from September 1996 to May 2005 with a total of 210 episodes spanning over nine seasons. The show was centered on the life of an Italian-American everyman named Raymond, a sports writer for Newsday living with his family on long island raymond's parents marie and frank live across the street with an older son robert and i love robert he's just the gentle giant of the show that deep voice he has the deep voice hello it raymond is, <laughs> raymond he <cranks> me <laughs> he's up. great One of the ongoing comedic points of the show is Raymond's mother, Marie, visiting uh, Raymond's house and the family and being very passive-aggressive to Raymond's wife, Deborah. Meanwhile, Marie praises Raymond, uh, clearly favoring him over her other son, Robbie. Right. (laughs) It's always fun to see the mother-in-law and the wife sort of interact in that show. Ray Romano has been noted as saying that he didn't like the title of the show, Everybody Loves Raymond. Jokingly, Romano said, I would have been happy with Everybody doesn't mind Raymond, or everybody could take or leave Raymond. (laughs) I always
1: like his father, the the, the character of his father. He's hilarious too. I think he's he's so deadpan. He's my favorite. I think. Yeah, I mean, he actually reminds me someone uh, in my family, and so every time
0: I see that, I just think that's spot on. That's that's definitely him. That's great. Uh, I read a. Uh, An article about him that said when he auditioned for the role, he was extra angry that day (laughs) because they wouldn't let him in at the gate to audition. And when he got there, he couldn't find a parking spot and then he couldn't find the room for the audition. So when he came in, he was fuming out of his ears and they said. Yeah, that's the guy we want, right. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, here's, a, here's a fact about the show. In May 2003, Ray Romano signed a deal with the producers of the show that netted him $50 million, roughly $1.7 million per episode for the show's eighth season. That was more than anybody on the equally popular Frasier or Friends was getting. million dollars per episode. Well somebody loved Raymond. Man. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Jason, that's 90% of what we make on a podcast episode. (laughs) No, he was raking it in. He was raking it in.
2: Number seven, Boy Meets World.
1: Boy Meets World debuted on ABC in 1993 and ran through 2000. Boy Meets World is a coming-of-age story featuring a group uh, group of friends, Corey Matthews and his love interest... Miss Topanga. Topanga Lawrence. Topanga. As well as Corey's brother, uh, Eric, and his best friend, Sean. And then obviously one of the more important characters is also their teacher, uh, Mr. George Feeney. 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 Feeney.
0: <laughs> so you've watched the show before, right? I've seen the show so many times. I could have lived that life, man. I feel like I, it's just so ingrained in my memory. I love the show. That was me.
1: Yeah. Corey Matthews, that was me. That was, yeah. I, I loved everything about the show. I mean, I could identify in that role, right? I yeah. mean, it was I liked school. I enjoyed being around my friends. You know, there was always like a a really you know kind sort of super intellectual, just such a fatherly figure kind of around you know sort of the school. You know, just yeah. you know tutoring you away right
0: about life lessons. Did and he those follow things? you through life though? Did he start as like your elementary school principal or teacher, and then become your high school principal, and then your college dean? And uh, all no, those sort of thing. <laughs>
1: that was just convenient, right? <laughs> that just worked out it, so perfectly.
0: It, it just worked out for them, right? A few
1: interesting facts about the show. Uh, okay, let's just talk about it. Topanga. Right? Yeah, that that's sort of an unusual name. That's, and even at the time I'm watching, different. I thought, you know, it's it's not Lisa, right? <laughs> or it's not Amber. It's not Jane. It's 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 Topanga. It, it's Topanga, and yeah. uh, that's a beautiful name. Uh, but it's very different, and so uh, do you have any idea where the, wh- why that name came about or how it came? I about? have no
0: clue. I know in the show her parents are portrayed as being sort of fun-loving, free folk.
2: That's right. <laughs> we'll yeah. At that.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the creator
1: of the uh, the show, Michael Jacobs. So he's driving around one day, right? And so he has all the characters' names, everything sort of pl- uh, planned out, except for her. That he cannot decide on a name for her character. And so the uh, production basically company calls and says, Hey, things are sort of moving on here. We have to have a name. Like we, you know, it's, it's, went on long we enough to figure it out. We've got to have yeah. a name. And so as he's driving, he realizes that he just, he can no longer stall or wait any longer. So he looks up at a sign and the, and the first sign that he sees while he's driving on the road is Topanga Canyon. Really? And he goes, her name's topanga <laughs> and apparently they name,
0: said what <laughs> her name is canyon what, what, they said what i mean topanga. <laughs> topanga.
1: it's like we've waited like weeks and topanga that's, that's what is what you've came. arrived at yeah. but that that's what he did and then also michael jacobs obviously later in, in the series he wanted Corey and topanga to get married right and so they did and so they did eventually but the network did not oh really they they kind of had a disagreement there and so but they did agree to leave it up to america and they actually put that poll, and you know I love polls, yeah. they put that on the internet, should Corey and Topanga get married? Well, of course they should. And they sure did. And one final note, uh, have you ever heard of a show called Girl Meets World? I have. A little bit more recent, huh? A little bit more recent. Uh, my daughters really liked that show when it came out. And they had never heard of Boy Meets World. Oh that, really? You know, they yeah. thought this was just some. I mean, it's a, its own thing. It was a new show, but yeah. they they weren't. You know, they didn't they didn't understand kind of the the premise and the history behind it. And so then when I when we, we pulled that up and we watched you know kind of the, some of the old episodes, they were like, oh my gosh, well that's so and so. Well that's you know. <laughs> and so they they really appreciated that show more. So and Kinda I thought that the, show the was legacy
0: there. Yeah, and I thought that show was pretty good too. Now Ben Savage, who was the star of this show, right. Boy Meets World, obviously had the older brother Fred Savage. Who starred in the wonder years yeah, yeah equally that, a good show
1: equally a good show and similar yeah and not you know, topanga though what was her name wendy cooper w- wendy yeah er, that's right is it is it winnie or wendy winnie it's something cooper i think it's winnie cooper. winnie winnie yeah. cooper yeah. Yeah.
2: that's it number six full house
0: Full House is an American television sitcom created for ABC and airing from September 1987 to May 1995, broadcasting eight seasons and 192 episodes. The show chronicles the events of widowed father Danny Tanner, who enlists his brother-in-law Jesse Katsopolis, I love the name, and best friend Joey Gladstone to help raise his three daughters, DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle. Jason, I watch so much Full House growing up I, I think probably more boy boy meets world but full house. Probably in close to equal measure. Did you ever see the show? Oh yeah, I was a I was a
1: big big fan of Full House. You know, and even then I thought it was such kind of a, a different family dynamic.
0: Where I, yeah. I think on the show that his wife passed away, right? I yeah, think. I think it even starts that way. It's just yeah. she's passed away. He's left with the girls. Right there, you go. And yeah, but it's it's such
1: a great show. I mean, you know, uh, his his uh, brother in law, I guess it is, and right. and, and, his, and friend, his friend,
0: they're so supportive of his daughters on the show. They are, yeah. You know, while this was never a critical favorite, the series was consistently in the Nielsen top thirty from nineteen eighty eight onward and continues to gain even more popularity in syndicated reruns. The show has sometimes been referred to as the Brady Bunch of the nineties. I can see that. It has, it has that vibe to it. Yeah, it has
1: certain taglines too, you know, like You Got It Dude, you know, which she did you know, the little girl had
0: the little fingers, right? Yeah. You know, You got it, dude. Enjoy. cut it out. Cut, cut it out. He's a comedian, yeah. right? Yeah. He says he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The the original title for the show was House of Comics, about three comics living in one house. But as we know, that's not what the Hmm. show's actually about. The show's creator said that they wanted family-oriented sitcoms like Family Ties. So changes were made, and thus, full house. Due to child labor laws, children are only allowed to work a few hours a day on set, and you had several children... In the show, most notably Little Michelle, who was the youngest, and as such, the crew needed twins to play the role of Michelle to ensure they could film everything that they needed Mm, to film. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, out of ten sets of twins who interviewed for the part, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen were the only set of twins who didn't cry during the audition, and they said, "That seems pretty good. (laughs) Let's go with them. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are Michelle. You got it, dude." (laughs)
2: Number five, Law & Order.
1: Law & Order ran for a 20-year period from 1990 through 2010 on NBC and, of course, uh, was a crime drama that featured dozens of characters over the years. But the one constant was the two-part approach uh, to virtually every episode. First half of the show was the crime investigation portion. And the second half was the courtroom prosecution
0: of the criminal right law so, and order chung, 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 chung. yeah are you a big fan i i like it a lot yeah i, I like uh, i know there's been a lot of spin-offs i Don't think law every- and is still the best in my opinion my right. wife loves all the variations. she's seen all of them, right. especially the the Special Victims Unit, yeah, which is one of the that's probably the most popular spinoff mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, the most yeah. popular. She's seen like fifteen years worth of content of that show. Oh my god, it's crazy! So she's an expert. She loves uh, it. I like the uh, the narration of the guy.
1: You know, yeah. I don't even know what he rattles off, but I know it's serious. <laughs> At the beginning of every episode, <laughs> right. right? You know,
0: the uh, the criminal justice system and all that. Yeah, the yeah.
1: criminal justice system. What you know? Dun, dun. Dun. Uh, a pretty cool fact about the show is that it was close to not being called Law and Order. Do you know oh. what the original name was going to be Order or for the Law. show? Order <laughs> close. <laughs> I don't know. Night and day. Really? Yeah. The original title was Night and Day. That's a terrible name.
0: That's for that show. <laughs> yeah. <so> I, well, <laughs> I'm sure there was a good reason though.
1: I guess. I, I mean, mean, maybe they were maybe they were literally going to film part of it. At night, and maybe the other part in the
0: day, maybe. The crime happens at night, the trial in the
1: day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, whoever's idea it was for Law and Order, kudos to that person.
2: (laughs) They did a good job. Number four, friends.
0: Friends is an American sitcom television series which aired on NBC from September 1994 to May 2004, lasting 10 seasons. The actors and actresses in the show have become as well-known as their TV counterparts. There was Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, and... David Schwimmer. The show revolves around six friends in their 20s and 30s who live in Manhattan, New York. Friends received acclaim throughout its run, becoming one of the most popular television shows of all time. The series was nominated for 62 Primetime Emmy Awards, winning the Outstanding Comedy Series Award in 2002 for its 8th season. The show ranked number 21 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time and number 7 on Empire Magazine's The 50 Greatest TV Shows of of all time. So it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Uh,
1: Friends is definitely, I mean, it just reeks 90s, right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm, the clothes, the, the, the sayings. The hair, the music, everything. The coffee shop, the Central yeah. Perk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the like Central that. Perk. Yeah, Seinfeld and Friends. To me, those shows are the 90s they I mean, are. For, for the most part,
0: right? You know, I, I watched virtually all of them yeah i I was a pretty big friends fan i did too i I watched it all i think my wife's seen it a couple times uh she she's a big 90s television fan i've mentioned her a lot here so shout out to alex (laughs) (laughs) other titles considered for the show included this one is bizarre (laughs) insomnia cafe yeah so (laughs) friends like us across the hall and six of one so Hmm. Like you said, the night kind of day title. Right, yeah. This one's this one's kind of weird, but the Insomnia Cafe, I don't
1: get that. I, I don't understand that one. You know, it's, some of these shows, it's just really hard to fathom any other name, right? I mean, yeah. like when you say Friends, that's what it is. It's, it's just it instant,
0: right? It, it's really hard to imagine that with a different name, kind of like Law & Order. Yeah. The cast of Friends were the first TV cast to negotiate salary as a group. So during the first season, each cast member was receiving $22,000 per episode, which seems good. Oh, yeah. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) That seems fine. But allegedly, by the second season, each actor had a slightly different salary, and they didn't like that. They were real-life friends, and they got together, and they decided that when they renegotiated for their salaries, it was going to be give us all the same or we're done. We're going to walk in 1997 all six cast members refused to work until they all earned an equal salary of one hundred thousand dollars per episode wow by the final season each cast member was earning one million dollars per episode so jason i mean one million dollars per episode wow we we might have slapdash money (laughs) but i don't know if we have friends money right man outside the friends cast i think the only other person making that kind of money was raymond like you said Everybody loves Raymond. (laughs) $1.7 million. That's that's just crazy to me. You know who deserves more money? I don't know. Urkel.
1: (laughs) Urkel deserves more than any of
0: them, right?
2: Yeah, he does. Number three, That 70 Show.
1: That 70s Show is a comedic sitcom that ran from 1998 uh, until 2006 on Fox. The show focuses on the lives of six teenagers in the fictional town of Point Place, Wisconsin. The show had a whole host of stars, including Topher Grace, Milo Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Danny Masterson, Wilmer Valderrama, and a few more. Uh, So did you ever watch this a lot growing up? Oh, man. Yeah. Such I, a good show. It, it was awesome. I mean, it, I, it was probably one of the most well-done shows I've ever
0: ever seen, to be quite honest. It really was. Yeah. And everything it, about it. It fit the time period to a T, I think. Yeah. Just perfect. Just everything about it was just spot on for the culture of the 70s. Okay, so you know Red Foreman, right? Oh, he's the best part of the show. He, he's the dad, right?
1: He's very deadpan, like, just so businesslike and you know, just so stereotypical kind of of the time. <laughs> so I want to throw this one out. Throw this nugget out to you. Okay. Do you know who almost played Red Foreman? So the character that played him was, was uh, Kurt Kurtwood Smith, right? Okay. But do you know who almost accepted the the accepted the accepted role to play Red Foreman?
0: Oh, please tell me it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> 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 no, no, but I, let's just be honest. He could have done it, right? He'd have pulled it off. And would have done a great job. Would have been fantastic. Uh, but who,
1: who was it? Are you ready for this? I don't know if I am. Chuck Norris. No. <laughs> yeah, I can't even make oh, that up. Oh, my gosh. Chuck Norris. Almost was Red Foreman. I would have loved to have seen that. Oh man! Just to see kind of what would have happened. You so know? if he wasn't in it, he chose not to be in it. He chose not to be in it. Right. That's yeah. great. So so Kurtwood Smith though he is the perfect Red Foreman. He's it, fantastic. It's, it's another one of these Jaleel White, Steve Urkel type things oh, where that's he is the character. That's Red that's Foreman. That's the guy. Right? Yeah, Uh, Another fact about the uh, show, and I've actually heard this one, uh, uh, deals with Mila Kunis. Uh, You you may have heard of this. Uh, When she auditioned for the role, she was 14
0: years old. I think I have heard this. Did she she lie about her age? She lied about her age. She
1: was 14 years old. And when they asked her, uh, and again, this hasn't been that long ago, right? This was like the 90s. It's the 90s. Like the late 90s. And so I'm sure she had a guardian somewhere around there, right? I mean, it's not like it's just a a kid off the street just walks in. Yeah, Somebody
0: knew she was 14 years old.
1: Someone had to sign something. Right. Right. So she's 14 years old and they asked her how old she would be on her birthday. And she said, I'll be 18 on my birthday. Oh, she got him, And but she didn't tell them which birthday she would be 18 <laughs> on. And that was kind of how she rationalized it in her mind. So they thought she was 17, almost 18. And she was 14. Oh, man. And so when that show started, I think maybe she had barely turned 15 when the show, was the show began. Was that
0: allowed? I mean, did she have to take
1: a time out and maybe drink a juice cup drink or something?
0: Drink a juice cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for so long.
1: I don't know, uh, but it worked. I mean, you know, she went on to do very well on that show. And then, of course, massive star. She's been in 1,100 different movies. Oh, man, bless her heart. Uh, but, yeah, but was 14 years old when she auditioned and then lied about it. So some people lie about, you know, their age going to the military. You've heard of that like oh, yeah. years ago in the past where she lied about her age to get on the 70s show. Huh. <laughs> and it was a good decision because it was it was a very good career
0: move for you know i've heard when people first watch that show as a younger person they right. identify more with eric but as you get older you start to see well i kind of see where red was coming from <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> kind of yeah. identify more yeah. with
1: him the last the last four or five years i'm definitely red foreman yeah. you know it's just 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 to, you know how i look at my kids sometime you know they'll do something or leave something out i just stare at him like what are you doing <laughs> what are you thinking <laughs> what's going on
2: Number two, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
1: Now this is a story all about how my life down,
0: and I'd like to take them the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is an American sitcom television series that originally aired on NBC from September 1990 to May 1996. It ran for 148 episodes over six seasons. The series stars Will Smith as a fictionalized version of himself, a street-smart teenager from West Philadelphia, born, born and raised, raised. <laughs> <laughs> who is sent to move in with his wealthy uncle and aunt, in their bel-air mansion after getting into a fight in his hometown however will's lifestyle often clashes with the lifestyle of his upper class relatives this one's top three for me all day it's no surprise it comes oh, yeah. in number two man everybody loves fresh prince
1: it's it's easily top three and on any given day probably could have been number one. Yeah. Oh, i love that show yeah. i mean there's everything about it is just great does anybody not sing along to that when it comes on no, it's almost, I mean, like you have no choice but to. It's almost like, like, it's like a reflex. Like re- it's in your DNA. Or something. It's, somehow. Yeah.
0: So apparently Smith was a poor manager of his money back at that time and didn't pay enough money in income taxes. He ended up owing the government a whopping $2.8 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Not for the Friends cast, though. They're just thinking, yeah, let's knock a couple episodes <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pay the government off. The IRS sees Smith's uh, most of his belongings, including his Income And Smith agreed to star in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to help offset bankruptcy. Over the first three seasons of the show, Smith paid the IRS 70% of his salary for the first three seasons. Craziness. I had no idea. I never heard that. Yeah. In 2013, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song actually caused a school to be put on lockdown. So we talking about everybody loves that song? Well, they didn't this day. Oh, no. It caused some panic. A receptionist from Ambridge Area High School in Pennsylvania called a student to remind him of an upcoming appointment. The receptionist failed to reach the student, but instead got his voicemail, which was an imitation of the student singing the Fresh Prince theme song. <laughs> when the <laughs> student said the part of the song that goes shooting some b-ball outside of the school, oh no, she thought he said shooting some people outside of the school. (laughs) The local police brought the student into custody and he was later released. But man, oh, man, I've never heard of that story. Yeah, that that's a scary one. And just uh, just kind of goes to show the cultural impact of of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But I'm surprised that receptionist didn't know better. I mean, come on shooting some b-ball outside of the school i mean surely she's you know surely she knew about the guys who were up to no good and started making trouble in in his his, neighborhood neighborhood. (laughs) he only got one fight yeah you know and his mom got scared but you know he moved in with his aunt and uncle from bel-air and that was it
1: it's all it's all that happened (laughs) it's all that happened
2: number one home improvement
1: home improvement debuted on abc in 1991 and ended in 1999 the show won several awards and launched the career of tim allen who played tim the tool man taylor on the show tim lives with his wife jill and their three sons in the suburbs of detroit other major characters include uh, al borland which is his bearded best friend good right? old al good old Al and his neighbor wilson who who i think for the entire length of the show you only see sort of like about mid nose up right sort of eyes and forehead until the very end until the finale right and on the finale you know he comes, he out, comes out and you get to meet wilson and his name is wilson w wilson on the <laughs> show which that's awesome wilson cubed that's pretty good <laughs>
0: that's pretty good. good old wilson 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 so uh, how much home improvement did you watch all of it. Did you really? Yeah. It, it's such a good show. I, I, I have to admit, I'm surprised it's number one. Yeah. I, given, I was too. Given what's on this list. Um, but it's in my top five. It's something I really enjoyed watching. And yeah, it, it's just a solid show. I, I like the show within a show concept where they had tool time. Oh and yeah, it would yeah. cut away to him and his antics with Al Borland. He was always right. making fun of Al, and uh, he got made fun of quite a bit for having the the plaid shirt. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was really good dialogue
1: in that in that in that whole entire series. On I mean, obviously, there was. I mean, it just everybody really enjoyed that sort of the back and forth, and there was a lot of uh, tongue in cheek, and and you know Tim Allen was just sort of the. You know, a man's man, right? He was just sort of an average. You know, I just want to barbecue and watch
0: the game today. And That's there, right, he did. And there was just a lot of that going on. Yeah, and he was always trying to rig stuff up, right? And come up with these crazy tools, <laughs> but they always blew up. And that would it, be me if I did. His think. wife didn't really much care for that. No, <laughs> part of.
1: It. Uh, I'll tell you an interesting note about Home Improvement. All right, <laughs> that I did not know, and this is no joke. There was a video game
0: <laughs> made of Home Improvement for the Super Nintendo. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What, well, hold on now. When, when the show comes on, do they not show part of that? It seems like in the opening s- song and whenever they're you know the ooh, oh yeah, whenever they're showing yeah. all that. Oh, I'm not sure. It Seems like they show like characters like jumping over tools and, and yeah. stuff. Maybe I'm well, making there, that up. There
1: there was a game uh, for Super Nintendo called uh, Home Improvement, and I think sort of the premise of the game is some tools go missing. And they're, like, at different <laughs> garages or different TV sets yeah. and, like, different hosts of other shows. And, right. you know, the tool man has to go sort of, you know, battle them to retrieve them back or whatever. Oh, that's great. So, and yeah. Bowser's there, and he's, <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> <Yeah>. throwing fireballs. <laughs> yeah. Sort of Dracula from Castlevania whatever. I love all the creative ways that they would hide Wilson's face. Oh yeah, he would be behind the fence. yeah that, That's the easy one. Right. But if ever he had to walk out on set, there would just be something that would always magically something right? a appear lamp, and something. Yeah, there's yeah. a lamp or a hat or there there was just always something to kind of conceal his face. But yeah, you're in the finale, he came out and the thing I remember most is when they were introducing the cast. Right. They introduced him and he's the guy who played Herman Monster. Yeah. You know, in the Monsters uh right. television show which I absolutely loved. But I didn't know that and I know it's silly not to know that this was sort of in the age when the internet was a thing but still developing and yes of course if you knew the guy's name which I didn't at the time you would have figured that out but for whatever reason I just never made the connection that that was Herman Munster so whenever he came out started like I think he like smacked his cheeks to just show oh here's my face or whatever i sort of had a jaw drop moment
1: you're like oh my gosh
0: that's that's the guy right yeah he's from 1313
1: mockingbird
0: lane so uh home improvement number one yeah that finishes up our list it's pretty cool Thanks to all of our listeners who are listening each week. We encourage you to find us and follow us on social media. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the handle at pod. We release new episodes every Monday in history, art, science, pop culture, and everything else. We'll catch you in the next episode.
1: Did I do that?
0: <laughs> Probably. <laughs>